Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people, and you're listening to episode three of Getting Tabled with your host, the Bruce. Hello from the horrors of night shift. Yes, night shift, where everything is upside down and backwards, and you think you're hallucinating because it's in the middle of the night. If I'm upside down and backwards, does that put me the right way up, according to you? Yes. Yes, it does. Fantastic. All right. Um, uh, looks like we got a, a follow-up here that someone actually asked you. <laughs> Yeah, which I actually did answer, but I I put it in here because I thought it would be a bit of a laugh. A friend of mine, Corey, hooked up to the feed and asked if that was my voice. And Corey, no, it's not my voice. It's somebody else's. I I totally just stole their voice box and I I only use it for online stuff. It is completely synthesized, so it it is actually not. It is not real. (laughs) No. Big Brother is watching and Skynet is taking over, etc., etc. Don't say that. Things are, things are frightening enough with AI, it seems like, these days. Well, yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, um, always keen to hear comments, questions, um, keeping in touch with us, guys. Anything you want to know, just ask away. Oh. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into that news. Yeah, we got a couple of interesting things. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. Actually, so interesting thing, Bruce. Last uh, episode I was editing when I was going through it, uh, the the sound levels on those bumpers sound right. They just sound really loud to us for some reason. I don't know why. It's just us. That's fine. So starting off this week... Uh, this actually hit the internet last week. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but War Cradle are finally giving us some tastes of the Dystopian Wars relaunch. Neat, because that was a that was a very neat looking you know type of game, you know, uh, a Victorian steampunk alternate reality thing that they had going, and yeah. Um, of course, and then Spartan Games had to close doors. So, yeah, it's good to see someone's actually taking the IP and actually getting it back out there. Yeah, War Cradle purchased that roughly. They actually purchased it rather quickly. Um, I want to say it was like a month or so after the announcement. I could be slightly off on that. Um, and basically what they've done is Dystopian Wars, Wild West Exodus, and something else that escapes my mind right now is becoming part of their dystopian universe. They use a slightly different term, but it's dystopian dystopian age is what they call it. Uh, but the Beasts of War, or on tabletop, depending on how you know them, uh, have not just a background fluff video and not just a how a turn works video, but there's now a full Let's Play available of the new rules that are still coming. Interesting. Uh, the one thing I would like to see, having watched some the how to play the game and whatnot back in with Spartan Games, I'd like to see uh, a, a turn streamlined in that game because it just seemed really, 
really clunky. And that may have been part of why there, there was a downfall because the IP seems good. It just, when I was trying to figure out how to play the game, see if it was worth me spending my, my money, uh, it just, it seemed clunky and I, I lost interest in the, in the how to, you're not the only one to say that. I've had people locally say similar things, even before it finished. Um, because as much as they're completely different games, I remember comments from people locally comparing it with Drop Fleet. Um, I guess aesthetically they're completely different, but the ocean and space, I guess, are going to share some similarities maybe. It's probably a stretch. but um they definitely look like they're trying to streamline it. I've never played the original. I'm sorry. I, I just I just never played it. Um, I looked at the models a few times, but just I just never had a desire to pick it up. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I do like what I've seen of this so far. Whether I'm going to invest or not, I don't know. I'm already playing Wild West Exodus, so I definitely have an in. Um, I'm just going to wait to see what happens. I have enough games that I don't play as it is, quite frankly. That seems to be a lot of people's problems is, you know, they have a lot of games that they don't play or they just don't have time to play the games that they do play or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for a while now that I do a lot more hobby than I do actually play. Um, some of that is because with the rotating roster the way it is, I'm not always going to be available for the right time. Um, but other times I just feel like painting. Um, I just I do what I can. Uh, and there might be some to that uh uh something we'll mention here briefly because well it is a thing uh but next up on the list is pre-orders for the the Knights for slanesh have gone live uh full keeper secrets has been revealed um yeah it's uh you know we've seen previews so after x amount of time we now have pre-order and after pre-order we'll have you know, shipping, and then we'll have just normal retail sale of of it. It's very cut and dry, you know, that Games Workshop does. They, they have a timetable of when they leak stuff to when you can pre-order to when you get it. It's, it's nothing yeah, new. It's just, it's new models now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the only, like, we've seen the full kit of the Keeper of Secrets now. Uh, there's two different ways that you can build it because there's actually a named Keeper of Secrets. The name, I, I can't remember the name right now, but it's slightly different look. Still looks gorgeous. It, it's um, like Slanesh yeah. and Corn and, and Nurgle. I mean, they all have a named demon now. It's not just, it's not like it was back in the day when it was the Bloodthirster. You know, now there's a named Bloodthirster, you know. So, of course, they're going to have a, a named uh, Keeper of Secrets, so. You know, not, not a huge surprise does, there. Does each have a named one? Yeah, it's it's the same kit. It's something different okay. than Zinch. I just wasn't sure if they had a named one or not. I knew that you could build multiple versions of it. Um, look, I mean, I've said this last episode, I love the look of the Sinesh stuff. Um, there's no way I'm buying any of it at this stage because I'm getting into my Skaven and I still haven't played a single game of Age of Sigma. I'm not going multiple armies yet. Um, but it looks gorgeous. I don't know. If I were going to spend the money, I'd spend more money and do the, the Forge World one. Because I think the Forge World, uh, Greater Demons, I think they just do look better. Oh, the, the Forge World ones are amazing. You know, the, the, the amount they charge for it, they better. 
Well, that's a fair. Going back to the conversation, was it last episode, episode before, about the the avatars? I think that was last episode. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and the other thing before we get into the very, very new news uh, is Simon are back on Kickstarter for the three millionth time with Bloodborne, which is a computer game that you will either love or hate pretty much. Um, I mean, it looks pretty. It's not something I'm going to be getting into because I'm not a fan of those games. But CMOD are on Kickstarter a lot. They really are. Well, ever since the uh, the creation of uh, crowdfunding and crowdsourcing and stuff like that, it, you know, why why use your reserves of money to work on, develop, and build a new project when you can get people to give you a bunch of money to you know do that for you, and then you develop it and launch it, and they get a copy, and then you have a new retail product that you know people who aren't following Kickstarter or who aren't the gigantic fan are you know when they see that that product then are going to be like oh and then they'll buy it and then they start making money more money again so uh yeah. in some ways for, for a new thing you know if it's like you know a brand new company and they're trying to kickstart something or it's a very small company and they're trying to kickstart something you know that's one thing but if it's you know if it's someone who's constantly on there and doing it it's it's getting a little old like you know what are you guys doing to where you constantly need to crowdsource or crowdfund, you know, funds for a, a new idea? I, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to make out like Simon, uh, Hasbro or Games Workshop or anything, but with the amount of success that that company has had, I question that they wouldn't have money in the coffers at this stage. I don't think they've had a – I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think they've had a failure on Kickstarter at this point. Everything that they do makes tons. Granted, all of that money goes into the game that they make, but they're making retail money too. It's just, I don't know. It's just, like I said, I'm not actually a fan of Bloodborne as a as a franchise anyway. I, I'm not a fan of Dead Souls either. Um, I haven't played Sekiro. Um, it, it's just, it's not my thing, but I know that they're very, very popular. So it, it's on Kickstarter right now. If it is your thing, check it out. The, the, the models do look nice. It's it's just not for me, that's all. And then you have some uh, breaking news, correct? Yeah, just before I did, though, I was just a follow-on from that because there's been a few computer games that's gone onto tabletop now. Um, over the last couple of years, it seems to be happening more and more frequently. Can you think of any video game types that wouldn't work on tabletop? My first thought was going to be first-person shooters, but I know that there's a board game out there that does it really well. Well, and, you know, you just do it zone mortalis. You have, you know, you are at as the first-person shooter, and then you have someone else running the, the board for you or something like that. I don't know. Um, uh, RTS would be hard. Anything RTS would be hard. Because well, as soon as you, if you convert it into a turn base, one, you lose the RTS aspect of it, and you just have another turn base of a game that, you know, people like it because it's of the RTS aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, real-time strategy essentially is just tabletop gaming anyway, really. But yeah, turn base would be very, very different. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. 
Well, I mean, you know, let's talk about this, this for example. Final Fantasy would be interesting. Final Fantasy could, because the combat system on that is much more turn-based. It, that at that point, though, really well. to, but, but with all the other part that, you know, parts that make Final Fantasy Final Fantasy, you're looking at more of a, a role-playing game instead of a tabletop game. Well, yeah, that is true as well. Yeah, but uh, prime example, if you were to take, you know, you know, the, one of the greatest RTSs out there, uh, StarCraft, it's an R- RTS, you know, everything's happening all at the same time. That's what the p- appeal of it is, is everything's happening at the same time. As soon as you make that turn base, yeah, that's it, it, loses, it, it loses a lot of its uh, luster, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you'd have to change the feel of the game for it to work. I mean... Tabletop is all about uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it, it's it it's supposed to represent something. Obviously, turns don't happen in a real world, um, but yeah, interesting. But as for the breaking news, uh, this information I actually saw on the Warhammer Age of Sigmar group, which is one of the groups that's very kindly allowing us to share. Uh, and Luke from the group shared some images of some brand new terrain that's coming for Age of Sigma in this week's White Dwarf. Yeah, I'm looking through those right now. Um, it's, a, it's not something that's like, unlike the 40k stuff. It's it's not um, modular in any way. That, but that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That. My first thought of looking at this, this is supposed to represent the um, the Forbidden Power uh, caverns or whatever they were. But my first thought of looking at that is, I really wish that we had Tomb Kings because it would suit it so well. Yeah. Um... It sounds like you're yeah, not we, we really. I mean, so, so I read this, you know, it's a, you know, new AOS, you know, train leaked. And I, so yes, it is, it is new terrain. Cool. Um, I, I just, uh, it, it's something for another episode, but when, when games workshop says, you know, check out this new train. Oh, okay. You know, I, With with things that have happened as far as from other companies and you know with new technologies, I'm I'm really I'm I'm becoming more and more underwhelmed by by Games Workshop terrain, and 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 it's something for another episode. Um, I'm I'm not going to delve into to it too much right now because th- th- there's there's multiple aspects that they're they're trying to do with this and. I don't yeah. want to crap on some of it because some of it is a cool idea, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not feeling terrain anymore these days from, from games workshop. Look, to be fair, I don't actually disagree with you. Um, I do like what they're doing with this, but realistically, most of what I'm looking at here, people build at home with foam uh, for a matter of dollars. But then in saying that not everybody wants to spend the time and build it themselves. Some people just want to get so. Oh, and that's what I'm talking about with with some of these kits that are out there and available. I mean, let's be honest. Even with, I mean, printable scenery with their three D You know, what, you know we, we, we are going to talk about it because we're talking about something that's very closely related to this. So, you know, we're going to talk about it in Game Talk. So, 
Um, but yeah, uh, awesome for, for sharing this, uh, new breaking information and whatnot. Um, I'm just, we'll, we'll talk about a game talk because yeah, it, it's very under. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Uh, the only other thing I had as far as, well, there's lots of news out there, but the, the other thing I pointed out was that TT combat have released a new orc terrain line. Uh, which is, it's all done with MDF or HDF if you're in the UK. Um, very much 40K is what the, is the aesthetic they're trying to go for. I mean, I don't see why you couldn't use it for the other, but you'd have to explain the gun turrets and stuff. Um, but yeah, again, very much feeding into the same sort of discussion that you were just having. Um, but it's good to see that TT Combat are continuing to diversify their ranges. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're doing it in a in a very smart way. So um, yeah, they're keeping a theme every time they do a release, which is good. Let's jump into that time that is of a uh, hobby nature. Dream blue, prime paint. So, how are your skaven going, Bruce? Uh, are are there too many shades of brown? Um, there might be too many shades of brown. I was kind of waiting to see how long it would be for somebody to make the Fifty Shades of Brown joke, and then I wasn't disappointed. It was maybe 40 minutes until somebody said that. Um, yeah, so I've been painting up. I've started with my Doom Wheel because it's a fun thing to paint. It's a Doom Wheel? Uh, and I'd like – yeah, it's a, it's a giant war hamster wheel. What's not to love about that? It, it It's one of my favorite things from Skaven. It always has been. Um I decided to start there. Um, I have God knows how many Skaven to paint at this stage. Uh, and yes, this is probably putting it off to some extent, but I wanted to start with something fun, something to help keep me motivated. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, from what I saw, uh, it, it's looking pretty good. I, I, what, what I, what I would recommend if you do another doom wheel is like, which I will. So, so do like a fourth of the panels and then have like a very, very differently colored uh, panel wood and then go like a third of the wheel and do like three of that very different color panel wood. Like, like it's been a repair that's been done. Oh, oh yeah. I like that. You know, so, so kind of randomize where this different color is at, like have them fairly uniform, but then, you know, like a random one throwing out or then a random two or three and then, you know, and, and try to keep it as random as possible. I, I know by, you know, trying to do it random, you inadvertently make your own pattern then, but, which is but exactly if you try what to, I've done. Yeah. But if you, if you, if you try to keep it random, so like do four, then do one, then do seven, then do two. And then I don't know how many panels there are, but, and then, you know, do that drastically different color. Like it's, it's a new piece of wood. It's not as, you know, soaked with muck or mire or you know or you know ha- have them be slightly like in between color that way it, it looks like it's battle damage repaired kind of thing yeah um i might dry brush the second one with a slightly different color too. add a little bit more gray into the like actually change up because the, the dry brush on the first one is all the same color which is andrew dust for people that's wondering um but on the second one, I might change that so that it's a different color depending on what panel you're looking at so that it is different. The idea with the first one was that they've just grabbed whatever wood they can and they've just 
which is essentially what a Skaven would do, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm just having fun with it at this stage. Well, d- despite the Skavenness of the Skaven, at some point when they were building that Doom Wheel, they had the resources to build the Doom Wheel. Hence, that's why they have Doom Wheel. That is, and true. at some point, and at some point, you know, through the you know weeks of fighting and stuff like that, something's going to break, and they're just going to use a local source tree and chop that down and repair it and keep going and. You know, a couple panels will break like a week later and they'll use what's there locally. And the one that's been repaired is, is absorbed some stuff and is a different color. And yeah, I think I have to buy a third doom wheel. I just had an idea. I have to have one that's battle damaged like they haven't fixed it yet. I, I, I've got an idea for a, a, a super cheap you know, kind of doom wheel. I'm listening. I, I don't know if it's cheap. I don't know how much hamsters cost in Australia. But just buy an actual like hamster wheel and put a hamster in it, and <laughs> um, I might pass on that. Rodents have that smell, and I'm not a fan of the rodent smell. Plastic rodents don't have that smell. It's quite nice. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, George? How's your desk organizing going? I'm looking at a lovely picture here. It, it, it is continuing to go. I've got a couple more pieces. I don't know if you if you notice there. It's a, it's called a work in progress case. And, and look, there's a big work in progress. There is a big work in progress. How much um how much is the shipping setting you back on this? Oh no, that's um, right. You found a local supplier. Yeah, yeah. That and that's why I'm doing little bits at a time because the shipping isn't too bad. I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, CNC cut MDF, so it's heavy. You know, as far as shipping stuff goes, it's just not as heavy as shipping it from Poland, where the company is based out of, and having to do a minimum weight order in order to get it sent from Poland to here. I'll let a distributor do that that bulk weight, and then I'll I'll, I'll do you know the little pieces here and there. Um, yeah, the and one I think thing that's the whitey guy. Yeah. The the one thing I'm finding is that unfortunately, since I am switching over to more of an eyedropper style of painting, so that uh, you know, push my painting skills instead of just you know having you know how many different pots of GW paint do you see there? You know, <laughs> um, can I make a suggestion? And it's a suggestion that I know that I'm not the first one that's going to say. Yeah, what's that? Go to Amazon or go to eBay, get some empty dropper bottles. Transfer it across. It's actually really easy to do. That that's not a bad idea. Um, At least for it, the paints my, that's not dead yet. Well, none of my paints are dead. Dead. There's just varying levels of of paint in them. Like white scar, I go through that so often because that paint just falls apart like crap. Part of the reason why I want to move away from some of the GW stuff. Uh, uh, the- my personal advice would be. Never to buy anything vaguely white from G Dub slash Citadel, um, and I mean, <laughs> I, no, I'm dead. I'm dead serious. My my genuine advice is to avoid anything even vaguely white from that company uh, because they don't they they don't have a good product in that color, not not at all. Um, no. it, it's all terrible. It all comes out lumpy, uh, brand new from the pot. I have brought several pots, and I'm not exaggerating, several. Uh, I have never had – I've had one thing of – what's the witchy skin color called? I don't know. Whatever the really, really light skin color is called. Um, I've had one pot of that out of four or five that was genuinely 
fine straight from the pot. Um, I have never had a white scar that's good. Um, and whatever the other base white that they've got, which escapes me right now, is, in my opinion, the worst white on the market, hands down. Yeah. Um, it, it, some of the paints, you know, it's just like, ooh, you know, when, I, when I'm finishing up that hero or it's like I need this for this specific one look, you, you go by the pot, you dry brush that on, you hit that detail, and it sits there. So do I want to buy a dropper just for that that paint? Do I want to, you know, some of them like lead belcher. Lead belcher, I'm on my fifth pot in two years because it's lead belcher. It's, it's literally the perfect silver to do so many things with. Whether it's yeah, a dry brushing or a basing or, a, you know, yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing. They have some colors that are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Rakath flesh is an amazing color, um, and I've never never found a color that's quite the same. Well, I have have one that on the paint charts gets matched with it, but it's not the same color. I think it's cold gray or something, but it's not the same color. Um, definitely not the same consistency. Um, I generally don't use a lot of their metallics anymore, only because the Vallejo Air Metals are really, really good. Um, but Lead Belcher, you are right, that is an amazing colour. Um, I've never heard a bad report about Retributor Gold. Um, yeah, I was going to say their Retributor Gold is is just flat out stinking amazing. It, it's a one coat cover gold. What? Yeah, um, and when you're comparing it to the old product, um, which I'm sorry is terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, Retributor Gold is, is amazing. Um, well, so, I don't know if I'm going to say it's the gold on the market, but it's got to be close. Yeah. Another gold I really like, and you can just send the picture I sent you. If you zoom in next to the tube of new Exacto Blades, next to the uh, the Silly Putty Egg, it's that reddish gold. Is that their copper one? No, it's gold. It is a gold. It's just, it's got red in it. And it looks like it's like, uh, even if you shake it up, it looks like there's always some that's not mixed in properly, even when it is mixed properly. And when you when you take that and you put some nullin oil over it, it gives you a very uh, dirty bronze gold color, and it's just it's it's what I've trimmed all my space wolves in. Is that the one that you have to use four or five times before you get a solid color? No, that one gives you one good coat. Oh, okay, so it's not the old one; it's one of the new ones then. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, that that one that one's brilliant as well, but. As you can see, also too, I've I've added made, to make sure I have plenty of space for uh, eyedropper expansion. Yeah, and I've seen that. I, I this is not new information. I mean, eye, eyedroppers is definitely the way to go. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody really understands why they decide to use those pots, other than the fact that I, they make them, I guess, so they don't have to pay somebody else for them. But there's. I mean, the only advantage, and I feel really silly saying this, the only advantage of those pots is that you can paint from the pot, and that is something that you should never do. And even Games Workshop tell you that that's something you should never do. But their paint pots are designed for that, and it's the only positive thing about them, and it's not a it's not a good thing. It's- yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Um, 
the the only other thing I can think of, and and this is something that we'll we'll again we'll top tap into on a game talk is a uh, because they don't seal so well, they crap out, and then you have to buy more. And at three fifty a pot, I want to say it's not that cheap. Sounds about it, right. And that's about to go up if it hasn't already. Yeah, don't. I don't want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Um, to be fair, the raise in their pot prices is not actually huge. It's on a matter of cents, and probably can be put down to fluctuation, unlike some other things. Um, well, I mean, but, they have an airbrush line now. Something they need to address. And you know what that airbrush they, line they is in? Ten years ago. Oh yeah, I know. The airbrush line is in those pots too. I mean, how do you get it into an airbrush then? You've got to use a dropper. And so then you have to clean a dropper or buy disposable droppers and why? Yeah. It, it is by design, but it I think it's a fa- it's a failing in the product that they're choosing at this point. I just don't think it's a very smart decision. But moving on. Yes. Uh you, you, it says here that you've uh, had to clean out and organize your garage. What? I, I still have to. It's something I need to do. And this isn't just because it's like massively long overdue. Like we've been talking about doing this since we've moved into this new house and we've been here for at least six months. Um, there's things we need to throw. Um, part of it is because we want to get an actual dedicated gaming space. Um, also, it'd be nice to be able to park the cars in there. Um, but also, I'm like, you know how like, the hobby that we're talking about is not a cheap hobby. Nobody's trying to pretend that it is. Um, I also have a motorbike, which is another, well, it's not really a hobby, but it's not a cheap thing to be into. And now I'm getting into something else that's not cheap either. I'm getting into slot cars. Well, I do have a suggestion for you to, quote-unquote, have a dedicated gaming area, um, free up space uh, without taking up too much space. Oh, I've got plans for that. But yes, hit me with it. Um, I found out there, and I'd have to look for it. I've got the page open on my iPad to kind of you know s- save it and whatnot. But it is a six-foot by four-foot gaming table that is a gate leg table. Oh, there's a few of those on the market. Yeah. Um, well, this the, this one's not on the market. This is uh, actual DIY plans. So you you buy the lumber, you cut the pieces, all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. The problems with the ones I've seen on the market: one, none of them are really that stable, and two, the ones that are stable, they're not six foot by four foot or however many meters you you people use. Yeah. Well, we would go by feet. Um, I would just have to do conversions, but. Yeah. Um, The other issue with a lot of the ones that you buy on the market is you're really paying for the convenience, which is fine, um, but you're you're, you're paying through the nose for a lot of those products. Well, that's why I'm saying the DIY plans, because the only thing you're really out is your time going and buying the lumber to do it. You know, lumber is relatively cheap because it's one of those things that it's it's a necessity. It's not a luxury like the game is. It's a necessity for maintaining structures and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. See, the plan I have at this stage, um, the main hardware store in Australia, Bunnings, 
uh, have fold-up tables that are not designed for gaming. And, I mean, it's metal legs, plastic tops. So they're not immovable by any means. Uh, but they have one that's six foot by two and a half feet. So I can buy two of those to get a six by five foot table, which means you've got room for your stuff as well. Um, I would probably end up buying a third table to put on the end because the racing track is going to have to be larger than a general gaming table. Um, but that would be three tables folded up at the side of the garage that I then set up when the car goes out. Um, and I can do that for less than 100 bucks, which would be a lot cheaper than um, the table that I'd build, I suspect. I could be wrong, but I suspect that so, I'd so then Another suggestion then too, Bruce. Um, so uh, you can get sheets, sheet goods, and I think it's four by eight feet. Is that? I, I know I can. I don't know about you down there. I don't know what your your denomination is for a sheet good of like plywood or whatever. Yeah, we, we we can get plywood. I don't know the exact size of the large. I know it's not as cheap for us as it is for you. Not that it's a cheap product, I would say, but. Um, I'm, a, I'm looking at I'm looking at fifty bucks a sheet for a four foot by eight foot three quarter inch, so that's like uh, I guess what seventy bucks ish for you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure ours is more than that. But give me a second. Well, so here's the thought: you buy one of those six foot by two and a half foot tables, right? And you stick this sheet gun on top of it. Okay, and then you you measure you know lines and everything, get it centered, and then you take you know your equivalent of a two by four, running the 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 length of the table. Right. And then so it won't slide left or right off the table. You cut it long so that it's longer than the table. And then you cap off the two by four. And so you have a pocket for the table set into you. And then you just run a couple of stringers out from the two by four to, you know, you know, make the edges more rigid and stuff like that. And it's not just floppy. And then you can pull it off, put up against the wall, fold the table, and then you just have one table. Actually, this is not as expensive as I thought. It's still just difficult to move on a motorbike, though. Oh, it's impossible. I'd have to get my mate with a trailer, but that's fine. <laughs> um, depends on how thick I want it, obviously. But there's one I'm looking at here, which is 17 mil thick. What is that's 1.7 mil uh, centimeters, so half inches. Um, is that it's, about? It's two two point five centimeters an inch. It's point so, six six of an inch. Um, but so just over half 17, an inch. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that's eight foot by four foot, roughly. It's not exactly that. Um, for eighty bucks. There you go. So you you have a six foot by four foot you know table, uh, with a two foot section on the end. It's long enough to where you can build it so it, it has a little, you know, two-by-four pocket or whatever that you set on top of this folding table. It's not going to slide off the table. And, and you add some... table down. Exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's my plan at this stage. Uh, building an actual table out of wood uh, would cost me a lot more than just buying the cheaper tables. But at minimum, I'm going to have to do something like that anyway to flatten out the tables, which is fine. I have plans for that. That's fine. Well, see, the, the, the reason why I say the, the gate-like table is because you kick the legs in, it folds up, and it's four feet long by, you know, a foot and a half, you know, wide at that point. You flip up a leaf, kick yeah, exactly. the leg out, and, and then it's six foot by four foot, and then it's ready to go. 
it's lightweight. It can move around. You know, you can pick it up and move it inside if you need to, it, because it's it's a much smaller, more manageable thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna wind up being, building one just you know keep it inside because I I have you know a, a drastic change in, in climate where I live and so playing in a garage is not an option for me in the winter. Well, no, that is a good point. I mean, it's not always going to be an option here either. I mean, we do have a kitchen table, but it's not quite big enough. But we could, whatever it is that we're that I'm building, the six by four foot section could easily be dragged inside. Um, it's it's not that hard. Um, but yeah, that that's my my big changes at this. Well. You're actually doing some hobby. I'm making my hobby space nicer, and you're coming up uh, with other ways to continue to game. So I, I think we're both successfully hobbying at this point. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you need to be home first before you can do any hobby, which is not happening a lot for you at this point. Uh, well, I mean, the, we're recording a couple days late, FYI, folks, because, well, I got out of town and I did some stuff, so it was needed. You're a dirty stop out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, things are moving along. Uh, I actually have done hobby. It's amazing. All right. Well, let's move on to the the game talk. Sounds good. Talk nerdy to me. So so now here's where we start getting. Uh, Was it controversial? Uh, venomous. Much, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Venomous is probably appropriate, but I don't know. And again, this is a t- it's a controversial topic, but it's not a new controversial topic. Um, but for people that hear the Australians moaning about this all the time and get sick of listening to it, let's have a conversation about the price gouging that GW continue to do. I'm going to say internationally because it is affecting the US as well. Maybe not as bad as us, but it is affecting the U.S. as well. Well, so it does affect the U.S., but if you look at how businesses dealt in the U.S., done in the U.S. versus other parts of the world, uh, it's much easier to get away with. And despite having, uh, I would say, probably a larger uh, base of uh, consumers. Yeah. I mean, to some extent... I feel that some of this blame has to go back on the consumer as well because realistically, we should have been jumping up and down about this 15 years ago. Some people did, but not enough people did, obviously. And it's kind of too late to complain about it at this stage. But the example that I've used here is the price of the Keeper of Secrets, which if you're in the UK, because you 85 great British pounds, which is... 109 US dollars and 92 cents as of about 30 minutes ago. It still is. I just check, it, it's, call it 110. Keep it simple. 110 dollars. Yeah. And 156 dollars then in Australian money. So that's a direct comparison. As opposed to the actual price of the model in the US is 140 dollars. I don't know if that includes tax or not. I assume it does. Uh, I probably not, because yeah. that's done oh, when you check out. Uh, yeah, um, in Australia, it's two hundred and thirty dollars, um, which does include tax. Um, but it's also worth noting 
that the price I'm quoting for the UK includes their taxes as well, which is a 20%, the equivalent of a GST, um, goods and services tax. So that's a $30 markup in the US in your local currency and a $75 markup in Australia. It's nowhere near the largest markup that we've had here. Some of them are approaching $100 on a regular basis. Uh, and this isn't – is this sour grapes? Yes, of course it is. The, the thing I find amusing is they don't even try to hide it because I can get – this information I got is directly on their website. It's very easy for a website to filter out information automatically for a country um, so that you'd have to go and use a redirector to try and access the UK version, for example. Uh, Netflix does does this Obviously, it's not pricing-wise, but Netflix does this because they have different libraries on their service depending on where you are. Um, well, and so, different content rights for different countries and et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. So, look, I'm giving I'm giving credit where it's due. G-Dub could work harder to hide this information from the public, but they allow us to view it. Um, but the markups that they are continuing to do – Granted, some of those markups, they have shipping costs that need to be paid. They have taxes that need to be paid. But it's nowhere near this much. It is a direct price gouge because they can get away with it. Well, and so it, we, we talked about this uh, uh, last week. Um, Forge World. Forge World, for the longest, longest time, everything on their site was listed in the sterling pound. Everything. Yeah, you could buy it in the sterling pound, pay for the shipping in the sterling pound to the country of your choice if they could ship to it. Obviously, if you live in North Korea, they're probably not going to ship to North Korea because, well, yeah, it's North Korea. But so uh, transfer sheet for uh, my Space Wolves. I went with the Forge World one because they're red and not that, you know, gaudy black and yellow, you know, that we see so often 40k and for the way i did my army the the red was much more aesthetically pleasing well they changed the the website to where oh you could you know pull it up you know for your country and just automatically right off the bat the transfer sheet was five dollars more yeah which is not as big a difference but it it is when you realize that it's nowhere near that sort of price because it's not an expensive product yeah, it's a transfer sheet. It was twenty five bucks. Uh, the, it, it, the transfers are nice. It's a large transfer sheet. Okay, but because of the country I live in, you're charging me five dollars more now. Yeah. Okay. Why? And 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 a lot of that has to do with you know, and, and I'm gonna say you know you know the way the you know America operates you know as far as capitalism and taxes and stuff like that. You know, we are not taxed nearly like other countries are. Not nearly like, and so when when we when you know someone is making enough money to you know support a hobby like this, you know they're going to have more of that money. So Games Workshop, let's be honest, they're a business. What do you do when you're in business? You're you're there to make money. Yeah, and and they should be making money. That this is not about game. This isn't about Games Workshop. Shouldn't be making a making a profit. Damn right they should. They are a business. They have a community that's willing to pay the money. They will put the prices out and test the market to the level where they're making as big a profit as they can uh, without turning away 
too much of their fan base. Now, they have lost fan base because of this many, over many years. Like I said, this is not a new argument. This is a, a very old argument at this point. Um, but and, and likewise, there are people within the fan base that would defend Games Workshop on this as well. And I'm not going to sit here and say that they're wrong. Um, the minimum wage in Australia, this is the argument that gets used all the time. The minimum wage in Australia is much higher here than it is in the US. And it is a legitimate argument, but it still doesn't attribute to a $75, $80, $100 difference in a product. Yeah, no, for sure. So so real quick, and we, we'll add out the stat space. So I want you to go to the Games Workshop uh, site there, Bruce, and I want you to put in, a hundred, get 173 US dollars worth of terrain. I've done 178. 178. Okay, what what all do you have there, Bruce? I've got the Sigmarite Mausoleum, which in my opinion is still the nicest kit that they have. It's also one of their oldest. Uh, the Baleford Realm Gates, which, for the record, I don't like. Uh, and the Aphidian Archway, which is fine. Okay, so that's three pieces of terrain you got there? Yep. Um, well, okay. though, tech tech. Technically, the Sigmarite Mausoleum is two kits, but they've just combined them. Okay. Uh, and okay. If, if so, you so want to be technical, generous. there's two gates in the realm gate thingy. So, so we'll, we'll be generous then. It's five pieces of terrain. Sure. Right. Okay. And how how much of a four foot by six foot could you uh, cover up with uh with, with that uh that terrain? It's going to be a very boring table. The right. Sigmarite Mausoleum is to like an A3 piece of paper, maybe. I'm probably being generous there, though, like yeah. super generous. I don't think I don't think yeah. it'd be anywhere near that. Okay, so I'm going to send you a link. You're going to click on the link for 173 dollars. You get this entire kit. Now, the, the, this is made for Infinity, which let's be honest, Infinity is close enough in scale. To use for Warhammer, 40k oh, or Sigmar. It's exactly the same scale. The only thing you'd want to do would be to gribbly it up a little because um, this is all designed to be like clean and neat and tidy and that's not going to exist in the 40k universe. Well, it could if they're setting up a new command post or something like that. Uh, for those oh, of you wondering, I have, I've linked in the Comanche Arapaho position from uh, Corvus Belli's Infinity line on War Arsenal. Um, really Which is great a gorgeous set. line. I've looked at this before. Yeah. So l- let's look here. Um, so you're getting what? One, two, three, four, five, six terrain pieces, seven terrain pieces, and then bridges to connect them together to make them larger. Yeah. And, and, and so, this, so this would be enough to cover at least half of the table. If you were to if, divide it up, if, if you're to spread you it all out, I've done here. Yeah, if they a if quarter of like the table here, it won't. But yeah, yeah. If you if you build it like it's shown, you know, it's a quarter of the table. But it's it you know that in itself, if you do that, you know, leads to you know a narrative style of of of, of mission. You know, it's like you're a salty command post, and you know you have like some star phone, you know rocks here or there, and yeah, yeah. So so here here's my thing. Companies. With a laser cutter or a CNC machine and sheets of MDF, I think are producing far superior 
um, looking terrain and better, more quantities of terrain for a similar price than what Games Workshop is doing now. Oh, definitely. Uh, and quite frankly, Warsnall are nowhere near the cheapest in this regard either. You could do much cheaper if you want to look for it. Yeah, here, let's uh, let's pull up TT Combat's page real quick. Because they had one that was... Ooh, I can't remember what it was. Um, it would work for... Um, ah, here. Streets of Venice. Um... So for 150 pounds, uh, you could get this uh, little, you know, Venetian quarter. You could probably fill up what half of a four by six fairly easily with that. Yeah, yeah, it easy. All, all built into into one, you know, as it's pictured here. You know, half of a table. So if you were to spread it all out, that's more than enough terrain to do an entire four by six. Oh, it's 150 pounds. So. Was that like 180 bucks for me? You know, 200 bucks for you, or 240 bucks for you, probably. No, Something what, like that, yeah. Want to speculate? Let's do it right now. I got one for you. Knights of Dice, which is an Australian company that I highly recommend, but that's beside the point. Sell a City Ruins bundle. So, uh, send me a link. Feels- send me a link. I want to look at it. Much more simple buildings compared to what we were just looking at. But 157 Australian dollars, which is the better part of 110 US dollars. It's a full six right. by it's a full six by four table. Wow! Yeah, they have other bundles there, which is for smaller smaller tables too. See, and and the like I said, this is where Games Workshop I think is is falling way behind on the curve on stuff, even at the simplistic level of this cutout and assembly for, for these in, in some ways, I think this looks way better than anything of the games workshop stuff. Okay. Granted, you know, you've got some of the Gothic towers and stuff like that, that, you know, they do fit the 40 K universe and they're pre crumbled and stuff like that. You know how you can yeah. get some great wear on, on one of these buildings to make it look more of the 40 K universe, Bruce, you know, the simple fastest way to do it. Break it. Easier than that. Some petrol and a, a, a flame. Oh, yeah, true. It's MDF, right? Yeah. So get it painted up, put some accelerants, you know, you know, brush it on, you know, let it soak into that one specific area, light it a fire, burn it, break it off, done. It even looks charred because guess what? It is charred. Yeah. I, and and that that's where I'm and I'm also you know granted okay so the tie the tau shield wall and stuff like that okay you know what you're going to be stuck buying that because no one else they don't have licensing to make that tau stuff and if they do make that tau stuff you know Games Workshop has told them to cease and desist because it's impeding on intellectual property rights and et cetera et cetera okay I get that if 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 you came up with an idea do what you have to do to protect it because that's it's your it's your property if you make the money off of it. To be fair, there are alternate tower scenery out there. Uh, it doesn't look like the Games Workshop one, though. Uh, but oh, I don't right, know who it is. But somebody, I'm saying that somebody makes a phone set. Right, but I'm saying that tower stuff. It has actual specific rules for use in gameplay. Yeah, which you couldn't do with your well. You, you might be able to, but you'd have to do a lot of work. So I mean, and again, look. 
This is a controversial topic. I, I, we said that to begin with. It was always going to be, and yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of giving G Dub a bit right now. But to be fair, they're some the biggest of their company. Terrain is you know, absolutely, it's... Yeah, yeah, well, they are. Yeah, some of their terrain is absolutely gorgeous. The Tau stuff is amazing. It's another example of a kit that you get ripped off for here in Australia. I can't be bothered looking at the prices right now, but I, I remember it was atrocious. Um, you can't buy the corn one anymore. I will put my hand up right now and tell you that I hated the look of it because I'm sorry, I just don't like the aesthetic. Hey, Bruce, um, do you remember the uh, else? The uh, the the okay. So now we have these game mats that are like you know what eighty bucks or something like that. The neoprene rollout mats and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So Games Workshop they they had a uh, 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 table tiles. You know, there's six of them, and you could configure them differently. To, yeah. So that was probably one of their best things for terrain because, oh, it gave you an actual surface that was not, you know, felt or wood. It gave you the actual yeah. surface to play the game on, to put additional terrain on. It was 600 bucks or something like that. So $100 for a two-foot by two-foot tile of plastic. Yeah. You know what you could do with six hundred bucks? You could go buy a you know a couple sheets of uh, one inch uh, insulation foam, uh, a hot wire, and hey, guess what? You've made your own two foot by two foot tiles that are textured for uh, that you can assemble in multiple ways to make a tabletop surface. You could probably find someone. Actually, no. You you would find someone that would be willing to commission one at that price, uh, and it would be made out of foam, and it would probably, um, it won't be as fine detail with like the skulls and everything, uh, but it'll have more detail when it comes to the hills and everything. It, it will not be as durable. I will. I will. I will give oh, hell no. the plastic tiles that to the end of time. Nothing will be as durable than as, unless you're using a similar type of material like a wood. Anything foam is not going to be as durable. You make something that looks fantastic and amazing, and the instant someone slips wrong or drops a pewter model because they've got something old school, y- your foam is damaged. It's, yeah, big time. That's how it is. So, um, and and to me, it's th- this is just another thing where I think Games Workshop is is falling behind the market. I mean, the, the minis are, are, are essentially what you need to worry about for the game. D- stop doing a plastic, you know, oh, this looks really cool terrain piece. You could do something that looks just as good out of MDF for a fraction of the price. That's faster to produce. You know why? Because you don't need to make a mold. And that's where a, a lot of this price increase comes from is the fact of all the molds. So... That's what. That's why you know resin molds are are cheaper to make than plastic molds. Yeah, big time. So, and, and to constantly change out terrain like GW does, that's just all that extra cost. I mean, who, who's going to go out and buy you know three Doom wheels? Bruce, raise your hand. Hi. Okay. Now you know. So there's you and you know thousands of other people, right? That are going to go buy a bunch of Doom wheels. How many people are going to go out and buy the uh, the six uh, tiles for six hundred bucks? Um, well, I can't even find them on the website, so I don't even know. Oh, they stopped making them. They stopped making them because they were expensive. Not many people were buying them. You, the 
the people that typically bought those were actual gaming were just gaming stores because they weren't paying the real retail price that we're seeing because they're a store and they would they would buy the store would buy it from the store at its cost plus whatever as you would do if as a store and then paint it up and throw it out as terrain for your players to use that you use to get them to come in the store to play games where they're coming in buying the other stuff for games workshop yeah look i mean they have they have some kits that are absolutely amazing the the um what they're now calling the sigmarite sanctorum or whatever it was it used to be the old graveyard set and and it's now it's two of those graveyard sets connected together that that is the kit i was referring to earlier that is a fair based product it's also a very old product though like i want to say 15 years old maybe i could be slightly off on that but i know it's a really old one their tree kit I think is like forty bucks. It might be fifty bucks. I'm oh, that tree kit's been around sure. for a while. But but That's here's older. the thing: it's and it's reasonably priced though. It's been yeah. around forever, so they're not remaking molds. That's what they need to focus on. Something like that. You know, if they're doing like this new thing for Kill Team, don't waste the money on the huge gothic. You know, give us a broken down MDF thing that we can put together. Spray paint, dry brush, and oh look, it looks just as good. If they want to stick with plastic, which I suspect that they do because they've already spent all of this money on the equipment to make it, if they concentrate on terrain that is going to be able to be used in more areas like the houses they used to make, the generic terrain that they used to make, they will sell more of it than the very, very specific stuff they're doing for Age of Sigma right now. Um. I mean, the, the new stuff that we were talking about earlier is probably more generic looking than a lot of the stuff that they've been doing recently. Um, and maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do something that's new, cool, and generic so that they can continue to mold and cast it for the next 20 years for, you know, the fantasy, you know, whatever it's called. Yeah. And look, when you're a company of that size – to some extent, sometimes you're going to get there and you're going to throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Um, look, you, you need to have some terrain for people to play because not everybody's going to want to build their own, but you know that most people are building their own terrain. With people like the Terrain Tutor and Black Magic Craft and like those sort of people out there, you know that people are making their own stuff. Uh, oh, you yeah. know that you have competition that's making better stuff than you are. And I am going to use the word better because some – some I'm sorry, foreground make the best terrain on the market, hands down. Um, they're even more expensive than Games Workshop. Well, it depends on the kit, but some of them are more expensive. Worth right, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, $173 for the uh, Comanche Outpost, done. Yeah. You know, I, I will buy that in a heartbeat. I will grab uh, a can of black spray paint, gray spray paint, and white spray paint. Rattle can it do, do uh, you know, do some, uh, you know, angle shading with rattle can. Then I will go through and hit it with some dry brush, do some detail. And guess what? It's done. It'll look awesome. And I will have enough terrain to do a, a, a decent four by four at least. Yeah. Get some trees, uh, get some hills. You, you'll, you'll be fine. 
versus 173 bucks in 40k terrain for uh, from Games Workshop. I mean, it's underwhelming. Yeah, look, the terrain that they have that is kind of like a terrain Lego kit. Um, it's not as good as the Mantic terrain Lego kit, but like where it's all connects together and stuff. The idea of that is really good. Um, I'm not entirely convinced it's worth the money that they charge for it. Um, but the idea behind that is very good, which is why people still buy that. Um, Sigma, the Age of Sigma doesn't have an equivalent for that range at the moment where everything connects together. It's all individual pieces, um, which is, I guess, because all of the realms are separate and stuff. But even back in the fantasy days, there wasn't really any terrain for fantasy that all kind of connected together and stuff. It was all very specific that the odd-looking skull statue, not skull, the skull wizard tower thingy, um, yeah. which they're selling again. So so I, I do like what they've done, you know, with, you know, we'll, we'll just use Fire Slayers as, as an example since that's an army I'm, I'm in the process of building. They've given me that uh, pizza oven as a terrain piece that, you know, has yep. function for the game and the endless spells, the endless spells I like, because that's, that's something cool and dynamic to add to the game that, you know, brings the uniqueness of your faction to the terrain. It's also the do generic of the game too. Yeah. Do, do, do generic terrain. That's, you know, cheaper, more easy to obtain. I mean, right now there's so much out there specifically for 40 K type terrain that the market, the market is saturated. If, if these companies are making money, great. Uh, the, the, the war arsenal, I mean, the guy's doing fine. I mean, he, he went into infinity, you know, he's licensed by Corvus bell. I mean, he's, he's got their, their logo on it. He's got their permission. So they approve of his stuff. You know, Corvus Bell is approving of TT combat stuff that they're going to be making. You know, th- that's where they're at. You know, Games Workshop, you know, go buy a laser cutter, you know, mess around with it. Do do, do some MDF terrain for Age of Sigmar because there's not a lot of it out there. The closest thing I've seen has been that Venetian, you know, is that the right word? The 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 the, the, the ben, France ben. or the the, the Italian little villa, you know, kind of looking stuff. That's the closest thing I've seen to a fantasy kit in MDF. Just because I have to give you crap for it, Venetian is Venice. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's that, that was the right word. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, th- they could definitely do that. Look, maybe they already are. Um, Games Workshop are in a situation right now with, look, I'm sorry, but... With 3D printers going the way that they are, nobody's going to be buying plastic terrain in a few years. Well, oh, absolutely not. That, well, the, 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 the fashion specific, right yeah, the fashion specific, you know, like my pizza oven, people will buy that. The endless yep. spells, people will buy that. Some, you know, thing of skulls and whatnot that's just a generic terrain piece. No one's going to buy that because someone someone will create a CAD file. They'll upload Shapeways, and you can order it from Shapeways. It gets printed. It gets shipped to you. You paint it. Done. Pretty much. Or um, you go. Or, or if you want to build it yourself, go to the Terrain Tutors web, website or YouTube channel. Go to Black Magic Crafts YouTube channel. Go to DM Scotty's YouTube channel. Learn to do it yourself. A lot of the stuff's really easy. 
Especially uh, on the terrain shooter. He will take uh, you from start to finish without the book. A lot of people are going to be doing that because how successful was his Kickstarter? Oh, yeah. Um, with, with that note, though, um, I, I, I feel like we we're, we're, we're at the point of beating a dead horse, and I'd like to add something that, that is game-related that is, yeah. isn't game-related. So specifically, we'll, 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 we'll start the name Battlefleet Gothic, that word Gothic, and, and you know the grimdark future and all this other stuff. And I would like to express uh, the uh, – what's the word? It's not sorrow, but the the sadness of of what happened to uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral, because th- it is Gothic structure, right, Bruce? And yes. that that has inspired a lot of appearance, a lot of imagination that we see towards a lot of these you know fantasy based things that we do enjoy and play. So I, I just I'd like to 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 mention the the that tragedy that happened of not only just a huge historical, you know, landmark, you know, for the world, you know, specifically the people of France, but ju- just, you know, the, the inspiration that has, it has brought, you know, thousands upon thousands of people, you know, artistically over the years. Yeah, that's fair. Artistically. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we had a bit of a controversial topic. We, we don't, we, we try to stay away from the negative stuff, um, because we don't want to just bitch about everybody. Um, but I felt it was a conversation. And this, I actually suggested this. I'm putting my hand up to say I'm guilty on this one. Um, it's been a bugbear of mine for a while. Uh, but as I said, there's people that will defend G-Dub on this, and that's fine. But well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people on the community that need to understand that there's a reason why and it's not just australia by the way new zealand gets screwed over by this as well um and i know that we're not alone in that there are other places in the world i've only concentrated on us and on the u.s because hey that's where we are right you know let's be honest if we're going to talk about gaming markets we're talking about europe we're talking about you know north america because canada uh some mexico um you know Australia, you know, and and it is growing. I, I will say this: Games Workshop is making a very healthy attempt at growing it in the, the the Asian market, and they are being successful because well, they're they're still continuing to make the product for that. Which it's that um, uh, you, you buy it's uh, it's like the booster pack, you know, where you buy it, you don't know what's in it, you open it up, and there it is. Oh, the and, Spice and, Marine stuff. Yeah, and, and it's easy to build stuff which I can't stand, but for the market they're going into and what they're doing with it, it does fit, you know, just, and, and that's having been in Japan, they love that kind of thing over there. You know, they, they love that, you know, that mystery and Oh, I got this. And then they get all excited. You know, they've done their research and they're doing a lot for the community, you know, despite, you know, what they charge for, for their product. Uh, and this just happened today too. the, the most recent, uh, FAQ was released, which lots of people are flaming about that. Lots of people are upset about that, but Hey, you know what? Games workshop is making the attempt to keep the game balanced, to keep everything updated and whatnot. Uh, I mean, how often did we get, uh, FAQ from you know Hawk War Game slash TT Combat with you know Drop Fleet Commander Commander annually. Fair. 
and and it seems it seems to me you know they they at least do it twice a year or quarterly it seems like I I don't pay attention to it because I don't play it enough and someone says well in the FAQ I'm like all right cool in the FAQ all right well it doesn't do this then okay you know yeah and you you spend, you spend five minutes double checking that they're not telling you fibs um in regard I mean I haven't really paid much of attention to the latest FAQ either but to be fair and. If there's people who want to disagree with me on this, I'm not hating on you. But in my experience, I'm going to say 70 to 80% of the flaming that comes out of this is usually coming from people that are either looking at it the wrong way or are upset because an exploit that shouldn't have been approved to begin with has been taken away and they can't use it anymore. Um, the, the power of trolls. Yeah, most of the time, and, and not always, there has been things that were that were nerfed for really no reason. And well, I've, met, I've mentioned this before. I've always had an issue with when the um, Blood Angels Codex, not the most recent one, but a couple of issues ago came out, uh, they nerfed the absolute living hell out of everything Blood Angels. Mephiston was practically useless at that point because he was so overpowered beforehand apparently except Mephiston was easily one of the easiest characters to kill in the whole game and he was only awesome if you managed to get him to combat which was very difficult um as opposed to uh, this happens in warmer hordes too where th- there's an exploit here i've found it i'm gonna go and buy 50 of these because then nobody will be able to beat me and then the fo- the week the week following comes out and they've nerfed that thing because they've realized that people can do that. And then people get angry because they were exploiting something that they'd found and it's been picked up, which is the whole point of why frequent the FAQs exist. Well, and, and, and things like that happen because of the trolling power gamers gamers where they're not there to enjoy and have fun. They're there to win and they, they exploit the exploit and, you know, abuse it and run it into the ground to the point to where, you know, the game manufacturer is like, okay, we made this mistake. This is not happening anymore. And because they do such a broad swath, they end up, you know, affecting other people and stuff, even though they're not particularly exploiting that exploit. Yeah. I mean, there is more than one argument to this too. Because as much as, yes, we're having a go of the, the trolling power gamers, at the same time, if you want to play competitively, then of course that's the way that you go. And there's... So long as you're not taking away the fun from other people, which some of them do, but most of them don't, then, hey, if that's the way you want to play, then, hey, that's the way you want to play. There's nothing wrong with that. But until Games Workshop stop with the power creeps, this attitude is never going to stop. Until they And Games Workshop have stated in the past that they don't try to make a balanced game. Um, they just try to make a game that is fun and a lot of people play their games. So yeah, I mean, it is what it is. So yeah. I mean, the, the reason I don't play 40 K anymore. Uh, well, the reason I got out of it initially was because of the power creep, because the, the power creep to me took the fun out of the game. Now that doesn't mean there's something wrong with the game. That's me. I didn't like the power creep. I know other people that love the power creep because it keeps it exciting. You don't know what the next meta is going to be. Meta is a really exciting thing. But you know why I like Drop Fleet Commander? 
as much as we'll go in and say about what's powerful and what's not powerful and, hey, maybe the UCM isn't as good as the other three armies, hey, uh, maybe... Um, oh, I've just completely blanked on the White Sphere, guys. PHR. Uh, maybe PHR are really hard to get right, but that actually makes it fun to me um, because everything is fairly balanced well and 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 that's where you know tt combat is able to do that is how many factions are there in draft fleet commander we, we just got the fifth one now so five yeah. factions right how many different armies are there codexes for at warhammer 40k yes so it's a, it's much easier when you can just put the rules for every single ship for each faction into one book and have a core set of rules and then base it, you know, and then have the stats for the ships. When each army has its own book with, you know, its own handful of special rules, there's going to be something where, you know, advantage can be taken of. So. Yeah. And Hey, we've, we've done a little bit of hate on G dub. Um, they, they released some awesome products. We are both buying into their products at this point. We're not hating on them because we don't like them. What we do like them. We're just trying to encourage looking at things from a different perspective or trying to go in a new direction. But let's move on at this point. I think we've flogged this dead horse for long enough. Yeah, we need we've already to... made that comment. Yeah, we, <laughs> we should probably uh, start, start getting ready to wrap up here soon too. Yeah. Do we have a yanking the Bruce this week, or are we I, leaving that for next episode? I think we're going to leave that for next episode because I tried to do a quick search, and right now I am not—I don't have the capacity to just make something randomly up. So yeah, I—I am—I'm poorly prepared for this episode, but like as professional as I try to be, I, I am here nonetheless to to get it done anyway. So I, I don't know how many times we've. we've you know, showing up to record the, the hot LZ and had nothing prepared. And yet we still managed to do a, an hour of, of content that people did enjoy listening to. So, <laughs> well, Hey, we just turned what I thought was going to be a five minute conversation into at least 20 minutes. Oh, at least 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. So, well, do you have any uh, parting uh, thoughts for the folks there? There, Bruce. Look at this stage, the only other thing I want to cover um, and just very, very briefly at some stage in the next couple of weeks, we will be launching our Patreon to try and help cover the costs of doing this podcast. Uh, the only reason we didn't start with that to begin with is we want to kind of we we wanted to put our money where our mouth was uh, and get things rolling to begin with. Um, but that is something that's going to be coming. Um, but other than that, at this point, thank you for listening. Um, if you are enjoying what we're doing, then please let other people know. We'd love to have more listeners. And with that being said, you can find us at Facebook at www.facebook slash getting tabled, I believe is what it is. I don't have any of that pulled up. I'm just going off memory. Uh, yes. The website, which is still under construction, uh, I apologize, is www.gettingtabled.weebly.com. Uh, our our email is getabled. Oh, it's, no. ju it's just gettingtabled.weebly.com. There's no www. Well, World Wide Web, whatever. You know, 
That's no, no, the, www is not there. It won't work if you do that. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay, so it's just getting tabled.weebly.com. Okay. Getting so, tabled replaces Fair enough then. Okay, uh, there's that. Uh, our email is getting tabled at gmail.com. And the Twitter, which which Bruce has been trying to do stuff with, I commend you, sir. Uh, is at getting tabled. Yeah. Uh, look at that. It's it, it's like this was meant to be. We didn't have to do anything crazy or weird to, to get our stuff. It's just it's getting tabled. Um, and with that, don't get tabled. No, no, don't play like me. I actually win some games. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Play more games. All right, cool. We'll catch you later there, Bruce. Yep, I'm going to go to bed now. Oh, no, I'm going to hang out my washing. Then I'm going to bed.